Nos despega. All right, that's right. It's time to get political here on Radio 191 FM. It's time for politics. Uh, this morning, joined by John Martin and Dr. Phil Ferguson. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning, Morena. Let's get political. Let's get political, indeed. A little new little sting, which I rather enjoy. I uh, hope you do too, lads. I do. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and good that um, you know Bill wasn't in there because he's gone now. Mm. Uh, but Bill uh, uh, dipped in West. We must say dipped in West because <laughs> yeah, it wasn't not just the, the, dipped, in. Not just yeah. dipped in, that the West is calling uh, their favourite son home. But unfortunately for them, he's a city slicker now, uh, and he will <laughs> hardly be going down to the farm at all. He probably doesn't even even re- own any um, any gummies. Um, his, kid is, his kids love Wi-Fi and his wife, um, Mary, is uh, quite an amazing doctor and has quite a mm. successful practice going on in Wellington, so I can't imagine he'll be leaving um, Wellington any time soon. So he's unemployed in the capital, but I'm sure he's got enough money in the bank to afford a few lattes on um, Cuba Street. Absolutely, and I think he could uh, he could have, have quite a wide choice of very uh, lucrative and important jobs, just with his whole experience of being Minister of Finance mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. particular. And, and he's got an experience in Treasury as well before yep. that. Yep. Um, and, it, you know, he could always follow his uh, brother's footsteps and become the President of Federated Farmers or something like indeed, that. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say he'd be going somewhere down that, maybe down that line, but then again, who knows. But anyway, um, he's gone... Um, and why why is he gone? Was it internal pressures? Uh, time's up for Bill for himself personally. Uh, he can't go through it again. Well, he claims that um, uh, he personally made the decision back uh, last Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, he was just uh, biding his time before he made an, an announcement. Um, however, th- he must have known there was um, rumblings within the National Caucus uh, for a new leader, and and deep-seated disappointment that um, they're not in the government. So I think uh, a lot of the uh, members of the National Caucus and former uh, ministers, for, former members of the Cabinet, mm-hmm. uh, would have expected that they would have been the next government, that the, that National Government would have continued. Yep. And so, yeah, there'll be there'll be very strong feelings of disappointment and looking at who to blame well, as well. Well, it's not Bill. I would have thought it wasn't Bill at all. I would have thought it's uh, everybody else that has a shit relationship with Winston's fault. Well, it's got to do with strategy, I guess, in that, yes, he he, uh, he was able to uh, bring in a very good result for the National Party itself. Uh, so the National, although it didn't get 50%, is still the most popular party out of all the parties. Uh, however, um, uh, the, 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 the people who run National were the strategists and... Um, didn't really foster any other political party that they could be in coalition with and also their strategy towards Winston Peters and New Zealand First in the last election was one of hostility Mm. and and one of uh, attempt at uh, destroying New Zealand First and New Zealand First was really the the, the only player that could have put uh, National in power if they had gone with National so really um, it can be argued that um, Bill English um, and and the top strategist in National fucked up in their relationship with New Zealand First, oh, and, that, and that led to them being in opposition now. And when we say that, we really mean Stephen Joyce. Let's be honest about it. Yes, yeah, Stephen yeah. Joyce. 
there's a few others. Paul I, Bennett as well. Mm. I think Bill was kind of, I mean, I wouldn't vote for him, but in fairness, I think he was very unlucky because the fact that National were the No Mates Party is not really his fault. Yeah. Like, you know, that goes back to the so-called brilliance of John Key. Um, you know, and Bill inherited that, Bill English inherited that situation mm-hmm. where, you know, National had nine years to help strengthen a, a potential partner in government, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they lost um, Peter Dunn, yep. which was always going to happen at some point in time, and I'm surprised that the Smart Money and National didn't take that into account, and they didn't foster something else, like even fostering the gro- the development of ACT, um, although I think ACT is pretty much pretty difficult to revo- to resuscitate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Bill, you know, I think he's sort of very unlucky. In two thousand and two, he led National to their worst result ever, and and you know lost the leadership. And now this time around, he led them to a really really good result, and he's still yeah you know, couldn't form couldn't form a government. I think Maori Party as well is one that they really messed up on. Uh, yeah. And, Although, what could they have done to shore up the Maori Party? That's that's another thing as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, I think it was very difficult. I, I certainly wouldn't uh, hold any responsibility with Bill English and National Party people in regards to the Maori Party, mm. because I think the Maori Party was doomed in that its leadership was arguably so arrogant and st- so entrenched within the elite circles of the Maori that it was very easy for uh, Willie Jackson and Labour to go into the Maori seats and say, hey, we're the the real Kaupapa Māori Party, mm-hmm. not the Māori Party. This is the party of, of, of uh, rich iwi elite. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I think the Māori Party was doomed. Yeah, well, we're going to, and we, you know, we have some questions around, um, you know, is, is it really the right thing to do? But we'll get around to that when we get on to our next segment about who's going to be taking over. Um, but what, you know, what are Bill's legacies? What, what are his highs and his lows? You know, for me, um, for my mind, pizza. <laughs> that's a low. That's a low. You know, I think that might have alienated her from the uh, the power now voters. Um, but I, 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 I pizzas gr- as a same. kid. Exactly. Exactly. You used <laughs> to get them at the tuck shop at school, so I don't know. And I shouldn't have said tuck shop. That's Australian. Um, but you know, but what are his big things? You know, there's the fight, uh, the asset sales, and you know, he used to be a politi- policy advisor uh, at the Treasury during Roger Nomic, so you know, that's his, he loves that kind of stuff. Uh, you've got uh, his steering the ship during the financial crisis and the earthquakes, you know, was that really we did, which we did all right out of except for our ballooning debt levels mm. but what are some of the highs and, and, and lows, do you think, for your mind? I think definitely his role as Minister of Finance during that global financial crisis um, he took a very pragmatic approach uh, he, he steered the National Party even further away from that, that hard right, so-called neoliberal approach, free market approach uh, the government didn't on the whole, take a stance of uh, pushing through austerity mm-hmm. during that financial crisis, which other governments, such as the, the UK government, uh, did take. Um, and um, so he took a very... Uh, I mean, yes, you can argue that uh, New Zealand's debt uh, ballooned, arguably, during that period. Um, but... <laughs> Other than taking an austerity approach, that was really the only option, was to to borrow 
and to invest in the economy. Um, and, and that's what he did. Uh, New Zealand's economy was very strong, one of the few Western economies that was still quite buoyant mm-hmm. uh, during that post-financial global crisis period. And you can argue that's not so much to do with the government, but to do with, say, uh, high prices for dairy, uh, the attractiveness of New Zealand as a tourist destination. But um, nonetheless, if, if let's say... Um, a Ruth Richardson or Roger Douglas figure had been in power and taken a hard austerity line that could have led to a recession, if not a depression, uh, in New Zealand and caused a whole lot of uh, social angst mm, uh, throughout mm. society. I mean, that time as well, our, you know, pr- around 2008 2010, at that time China was our biggest trading partner mm. and that really insulated us a lot as well, I feel. I think a lot of that. Um, weathering the global financial crisis was luck. Yeah, China, you know, was becoming our, or had become our it's the time, biggest, I yeah, yeah, yeah our, um, our biggest export market and subsequently our biggest trading partner. And, you know, when you're dealing with a country with 1.6 billion people, you don't need to have any of those people <laughs> buying New Zealand goods to keep the New Zealand e- economy afloat. Yeah. Um, I think we were quite lucky with the banking system as well that you know one of the major banks was owned by the state. Mm-hmm. And we were probably quite lucky, actually, that the other banks were owned by Australian banks because the Australians ended up with eight of the 20 leading banks in the world after the, yeah, the GFC. A, yeah. They were actually quite careful, you know. Plus they had China as well. And they, yeah. With iron yeah. ore and all that. That's what yeah. they, they did quite well out of, you know, they, they didn't exactly yeah, see they it. Was it until later on? Uh, was, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's been a dip in the economy due yeah. to a drop in prices. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's right. Yeah. And it's China again. <laughs> and before that, there'd been nine years of uh, of budget surpluses as well. Uh, you know, during the the, um, the Cullen era, although yeah. that was kind of at the expense of a lot of the poorest people in the country because they didn't raise social welfare benefits and so on. So I think Bill, I don't think Bill did anything particularly brilliant during that that period. Mm. I think a lot of it was luck. And that he was a steady hand on the on the ship, and that, like John said, he didn't take the right wing austerity option um, because that was a very that key English government was a very middle of the road pragmatic government, you know, yeah. a bit to the yeah. right on labour of some things, and a bit to the left of labour on some things as well. Um, so I find it quite difficult <laughs> to think of, you know, what will we remember Bill yeah. English for, you know. He's a very kind of lacklustre sort of guy who had a mixture of good luck, I think, with with the situation of the New Zealand economy and the global financial crisis, and bad luck electorally. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, did he have some crowning achievement? You know, 20 bucks a week for benefits. I think one of the major things yeah. he did was to modernise the National Party. So him yes, and John T. Yeah, Key yeah. Thought, saw it as a, a huge problem that National was perceived as a party of, of rich white men, either mm. like uh, John urban businessmen yeah. like and, John yeah. Key or um, rich uh, white farmers. And uh, uh, both of them uh, um, uh, fostered uh, uh, various uh, MPs of, of colour, if you like, of Indigenous MPs like Paula Bennett as a way to, and bringing more women as well into the party, uh, into key positions, as a way to change their image of national as a 
an elitist party and to, to make it more reflective of, of you know demographic changes in New Zealand as a whole yeah. so yeah um, I think that's a, a major change and uh, I think they were very astute both of them in knowing that if National wanted to be a party of government in the long term mm. it had to uh, change its image yeah. at least but, I mean that's doing something mm. for the party and not really for the country sure I actually think that is probably his most successful thing <laughs> um, yeah because National did face an identity crisis they couldn't just carry on being the party of rich white men and, and have that association and I think English quite early on like at a National Party conference um, very early on he said that National had this image of being you know the rich people's party and he hated that and he actually mm. used the term he hated it that um, and so that transformation of national away from being wealthy white farmers and wealthy urban businessmen has actually saved the national party and when you look at just how popular they are you know it's quite <laughs> You're yeah. in opposition, mm -hmm. and yet you got forty-four, forty-five percent of the vote. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's easier to remember the bad times than it is the good times. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it always is. So it is hard, hard to because I mean, the only things I can remember was, um, you know, we've forgotten about the teacher pay and all that system. Yeah. You know, you've got cash-strapped hospitals mm -hmm. uh, that have budget cuts everywhere, yet still the operations aren't getting done. Uh, housing crisis, of course, which mm. is absolutely huge. It's under his watch. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's so many bad things, and I, I just like you, I was hard. The asset sales, where the money didn't even where where that money go? Where are the new schools? Where are the new hospitals? I don't know. Yeah, and yet again, like I say, I wouldn't vote for him. But in fairness, health spending as a percentage of GDP was actually higher under the key English government than it was under the previous Clark Cullen government. Mm -hmm. What's that to uh, push in the population though? Sorry, but well, our population has grown as well, and and the like. Yes, and but that means GDP is has grown true, true, as true. well. Um, yeah, but to me, it's you know the key English government was about pragmatism. It was about a steady hand on the ship. Mm. It was about being practical rather than ideological. And I think that's where the kind of the farming thing comes in. You know, like farmers don't tend to be ideological. They tend to be, well, what works, number eight wire kind of mentality. And I think that was kind of Bill's legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, that was what he did. I also think it's kind of interesting how he became more liberal over time as well. So, you know, originally he was opposed to gay marriage and he voted oh. against it. And But, you know, more recently he said that, you know, if, if that vote was held again, he'd probably vote for it. And he's very relaxed about gay marriage. And his own personal conservative beliefs, they, uh, they come from his Catholic faith, yeah, yeah. such as his uh, uh, opposition to abortion. He certainly wasn't uh, wanting to push that. Yeah, but uh, he was also saying these things that led up to an election. Yeah, but I think if he if he had have said, well, he was you know personally opposed to gay marriage, I don't think that would have harmed him in West Dipton. Mm. 
Uh, <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I think there were enough. I think there were enough liberal, although I might be being un, unkind to the people of West Dipton there. Um, but I think the the National Party generally is very much a party of urban middle class liberals, just like la- Labourers. Mm, mm. um, yeah. Right. Um, <coughs> but let's, let's move on to um, what's you know the race. Uh, and it is on. You've got um, the crusher, uh, Amy Squeaky Clean, <laughs> Amy Squeaky Clean, Adam <coughs> Simon. Uh, did we even build the bridge, the bridges? Bridges, um, <laughs> which they didn't. Um, so, yes, the, the three. But you know, there's some others um, that may or may not put their hands into the ring. But what, what, who are these three? What do they bring? Yeah, well, probably a lot of people will be asking who the hell is uh, Amy Adams. Uh, she, she's a popular MP within the National Caucus, uh, but she's kept a very low profile. Uh, um, she certainly um, has had a number of ministerial positions under the previous National Government, is seen as competent, uh, uh, has a good knowledge of policy, but yeah, she certainly hasn't got a strong uh, public profile. Um, then we have, uh, yes, uh, Judith Collins, the crusher, um, who's seen possibly uh, with um, some mistakes, is seen as being on the hard right of the party economically. Um, so she's seen as, as, as being more ideological than her other colleagues, um, sort of a bit of a sort of Margaret Thatcher type. However, I would argue that she's, uh, she's, she's moderated and she's become a lot more opportunistic. And, and that was shown when she actually uh, this week um, said her position was against uh, any further tax cuts mm-hmm. in, in, in the election. There was a desire for um, more spending in certain, uh, especially social areas, so that she would be opposed to uh, any further uh, tax cuts at the moment. Which shows, to me, shows she, yeah, she's certainly, certainly no longer within that hard right economic position, if she ever really was. Uh, but it also points out that she's really quite an opportunist now and yeah. it's really hard to say well really what are her values anymore if she's so easily able to sort of swing from right to the centre um, and then we uh, have Simon Bridges uh, um, relatively young uh, Maori MP uh, again um, reasonably well liked within the caucus um, uh, a very competent uh, member of parliament who's held a number of uh, uh, ministerial positions as well um, where there are criticisms of him I'd argue that they come from quite a sort of middle class snobby position that people uh, in the media and uh, MPs behind his back criticise his his diction his his mm. uh, everyday yeah. New Zealand <laughs> accent yeah. um, which yeah I, I find oh. quite <laughs> I find quite appalling that uh, uh, it shows that there's still the element of cultural cringe in New Zealand where people are embarrassed by the, the, the sort of everyday oh, we, New Zealand persona. We remember the 80s. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Karen Hayes started to pull us out of that fog when she was on TV and started talking like a Kiwi. And so you're supposed to be talking like yes. an English person. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you go back to when television first started in New Zealand, uh, all the presenters would play with a, with a, a posh, uh, upper-class English accent like they'd all been to public schools in England. And uh, yes, we're trying to imitate the, the royal family. Well, Keith Holyoke used to speak like that as well. And yeah. he left school when he was nine. He was a 
farm boy from Pahiatua. <laughs> you know, there was no, you know, and he took allocution lessons and set the example. Yeah. But I'd argue that's a plus for Simon yeah, Bridges, that he yeah. comes across as a everyday New Zealander mm-hmm. without any um, rural pretensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in this age where people are looking for more authentic uh, politicians uh, who are a bit rough around the edges, uh, yeah, I think he very much fits that mould. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are the party going to be? Oh, sorry, Phil. Yeah, I think it's interesting that the three candidates, none of them are white, old white males. Um, and I think this is part of the, the transformation of the National Party and its embrace of diversity. You know, you've got two women and mm-hmm. one Maori guy. And, and yeah, no Stephen Joyce, no, and, you know, Jonathan Coleman's pulled out. Um, and so whoever's the leader is going to be somebody who is either female or Maori. Yeah. Um, you know, Maori would, would get one up on, on Jacinda, um, and white female would, would equal her. The one thing that Judith Collins has going for her is that she's a scrapper. Yeah. But whether national want that image is I'm 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 not so sure about and I think that's why she's had to one of the reasons that she's had to moderate herself to be leader of the National Party. You can't be seen as being too ideological and too right wing these days and and you can't be seen as abrasive. I think it's important to remember about Judith Collins though, of course she comes from the Labour Party. She was in the Labour Party before she was ever in the National Party. Um and so I think the right-wing stuff that she, um, economically that she associated herself with was not didn't run very particularly deep, mm-hmm. and it was relatively easy for her to her to drop that. Something that she does have else going against her is the the whole bull in the china shop thing, where she bought her copybook and. Uh, uh, during the time of John Key's leadership, you know, where she kind of took Key on on various things, yeah. despite what the party bosses wanted, they didn't want her on on the rampage um, against John Key. And whether she's got a bit more sophisticated now or not, or whether she, it's just part of her temperament. You know, I guess we. <laughs> We'll we'll see. Um, with Amy Adams, Amy Adams was raised um, by solo mum, mm. so she's got that whole thing that you know John Key has got. I mean, she's done very well for herself. Um, like her John, and her partner own three farms. Yeah, they own three. Yeah, they own three um, three um, substantial um, farms, and you know she had a good um, professional career. Um, so they've they've got that. I think with Simon Bridges, um, he's an interesting character because up until last night, I found him extremely oily, to the point of being kind of really greasy and slimy. Any time yeah. I saw him on TV, he just struck me like a, a used car salesman. Yeah. And that yeah. after you shook his hand, you'd I want to go and, and and wash it. <laughs> but last night, I watched the vote chat interview or a thing that Bryce Edwards did with him here at Otago and I changed my mind quite a bit about him Mm. because he didn't seem oily at all in that and I don't know whether he just wears too much brill cream and under the harsh lights of a TV 
you know, studio that sort of runs down his face or something. But he was not like that at all. Yeah. He was, you know, he was completely relaxed. He was very um, open and frank in his with his um, views. And, you know, he talked about how he'd been very right-wing economically when he joined the National Party, and mm-hmm. he joined in the early 90s after the ECA and the mother of all budgets, and so who would join the National Party then unless they were into all that stuff? Mm-hmm. But he's not, you know, he, he's that's not where he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think the only thing he might have going against him is just, A, you know, is the fact that he's young, but... Um, yeah, I think him and Amy Adams are probably the two key contenders. Um, I think Crush is gone. She's very unpopular in the yeah. caucus. I think she's but basically it, admitted yeah. she doesn't have a, a large support base yeah. within the National Party caucus. I mean, but I, I you know, for for me, I think they'll they want to be minimising damage. And if I thought if either of those two younger ones got got through, they might lose some of the older votes to New Zealand First heads if Winnie wants to stay there. And if he they can't foster a very good relationship with Winston over the next three years then that's going to signal even more damage and danger for the party. But Judith Collins is socially way more liberal than what you know, New Zealand First is, um, and actually yeah. she's more socially liberal than what Simon Bridges is, um, for that matter. I mean, she voted for gay marriage. You know, she's mm-hmm. liberal on various other social issues. And Simon Bridges is an active Christian. Yeah, well. and he's yeah, he's an active Christian. So she wouldn't appeal to New Zealand First voters in that kind of a way. And then she might on a law and order stance. She might on a law and mm, order yeah. stance. Yeah. But then, you know, her and Winston are going to be like, you know, Flint rubbing up against Flint. Well, I mean, do they need to move right and foster a more middle ground party in between, bring someone up, like, you know, we'll try to revive ACT, which would be an impossible thing to do, but, Mm. you know, because they are going to need a coalition partner. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and, like, some commentators on the... astute commentators on the right have said that ACT should just dissolve... And a new to the right of national sh- um, parties should be should be formed. Mm. Of course, the the drawback is if they take votes off national, it doesn't really help. Like if national ended up with forty and some new right wing party made the five percent, that's not going to yeah. be enough. You know, Labour is just in the fortunate position that it's got two options. And so they need a green blue party. Well, we've got that with top, in a sense, um, <coughs> the Opportunities Party. And I think uh, there's still, um, no pun intended, there's still the opportunity for top to uh, to, to get ahead. It's still it's um, consistently polling on, on 1% in the, in the post-election period. Uh, and I think um, the problem, there has, I've heard there's been talk of, of National uh, directly wanting to help top and, and, and maybe encouraging an MP or two to to leave the National Caucus and go over to the Opportunities Party. However, I think that would be very dangerous and that it would be seen as um, National attempting to manufacture support yeah. for, for top. Uh, it would no longer be seen as an organic party growing on its own on its own merit. So, But I think um, in many ways, yeah, uh, uh, maybe top with out Gareth Morgan uh, with um, with a, a more uh, less polarising uh, mm-hmm. leader could could still grow and get ahead and be a potential uh, coalition partner for a future national-led government. All right, just quickly, um, 
I'll, I'll give you a, who do you th- who do you think is going to win? Um, but I, I think, for my mind, um, it, it, without Bill, they need and with a new leader in place, they kind of need Jacinda to fuck up before they mm. can actually win. Uh, that's going to be the only way. Uh, but if if you had to pick right now, if you had to pick who was going to do it, who was going to do it? Simon Bridges. Yeah, probably Simon Bridges. I go with Bridges too. Oh. Uh, all right, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming in this morning. A pleasure as always. For sure. Uh, what an interesting week, another one. And next week's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be fireworks <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Uh, it's going to be great. All right, thank you. Uh, here's a Frankie Cosmo.